Good morning. Sunday breakfast time. We've all had an extra hour in bed. Uh, Mr. Brown's wearing a different top for a change. He's normally got his uh, microfiber uh, onesie type top on normally. <laughs> oh, there the, we the, are. It's still there. The, 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 the question is, is he dressed underneath the desk this week, Luke? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's more than enough. Yeah. So, uh, really, so you better be careful. You know what the next question matching. is. Yeah? Look, I've got matching ones on. There you go. <laughs> cool. we're, co we're coordinated. 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 So, good morning, Mr. Brown. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. I just want to say um, people are incredibly kind and um kindness is a really important quality um and there are some amazing people out there and i'm incredibly grateful and all the people they know who they are i'm not going to say all their names um but i'm incredibly touched i'm incredibly grateful um for what a lot of people have recently done so what i would say to everybody watching be kind look at what um good old marcus rashford is doing at the moment um, with the school meals, which is incredibly, which is unbelievable. And um, it's amazing the kindness of the agents as well that have come together with loads of local businesses and are supporting um, the school lunches, school meals. Morning, Tom McGee. Um, that are supporting the school meals in half term in their areas. I just think it's incredible. And uh, for, let's just be kind again. Um, you know it's incredible it is hard at the moment morning tim how are you um but kindness is an amazing amazing quality um and we've got luke you are an unbelievable human being and we're going to come on to that in a bit i'm going to surprise you a bit later okay right. we're just going to wait for um yeah. the audience we're going to wait for the audience to build but okay. i'm well thank you morning abigail gray and don't forget your announcement about how many hours of learning they could have now on podcast yes i need to speak to you about <laughs> but yes we do have listeners which is amazing because i got a couple of messages to say um understand your lunchtime learnings are on podcast so i said yes bear with me please but i believe they're now on there so again luke thank yeah. you for your incredible kindness still have to work out how to find them but um i will do that very soon so you should uh, they should be live on spotify now if you look for sjb consultancy or lunchtime learning and okay. then apple uh, it should be on apple soon some point next week and google podcasts um hopefully again early part of next week so it is it is out there and i'm sure Stephen will share uh, a link to it if you don't if you don't want to wait for them to come onto the various channels that you use yeah when I he will. can realize how to copy and paste uh, well, okay. I'd probably say you know I've been very I've been very impressed okay so I've managed to get my lunchtime learnings within about an hour onto YouTube LinkedIn and Instagram and now I've got to work out how to get them into podcasts so fantastic um, we're getting there we're getting there I managed morning, to work this morning Tim Catini good morning everyone I made it live rather than catch up well done the extra hour in bed has obviously benefited you <laughs> and 
Abigail Gray. Morning, guys and girl. Morning, Abigail. So today we are joined by our special guest, Amy. And Amy, uh, Amy Shields is um, head of sales at Sprift, and she's got something um, that she'd like to share with us. So, Amy, over to you. Oh my goodness, that's a bit of a hype up. <laughs> um, hi everyone, good morning. Um, I hope you did enjoy the extra hour. I certainly did the seat this morning, so that was great. Um, yeah, thank you, um, gentlemen, for having me on the show today. It's quite exciting. Um, to obviously be here. Um, we've had quite an exciting time over the last few weeks at Sprift, obviously with the launch of our new lettings platform, um, which has kept um, the sales team incredibly busy. And a massive shout out to all the agents um, that have given us the most amazing feedback on that so far. Um, and um, long may it continue, we're obviously building a platform for you guys. Um, so massive thank you for all your comments and feedback um, and helping us test it, break it, um, I'll fix it again for you, which has been brilliant fun. Um, so the reason Andy has asked me um, on this morning is due to him finding out a little secret of ours, which is probably, again, one of the, the industry's worst kept secrets about one of our features and launches coming up. Thanks, Luke, for sharing it with Andy. And thanks to Jamie, one of my BDMs, who showed Luke. So <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, so I've been given the all clear of the go ahead to show everybody on this podcast, give everybody a little sneaky peek exclusive um, of what is coming up. Um, and Sprift are in the next um, couple of weeks. We'll be live by the second week of November, I am told. We are tech, remember, so don't hold us to that. <laughs> but we have something coming up called microsites. Um, which is incredibly exciting. Um, the whole concept and idea of Sprift is obviously to, um, well, we're on a mission to clean up UK property data, um, but obviously helping estate agents win some business um, and be more transparent with their clients on the journey. So the microsites are pretty exciting. We, When we launched our buyer's guide and our buyer's report, our key facts for buyers, um, a lot of agents have, I wouldn't say dismissed professional brochures, but have certainly moved towards obviously with email becoming more and more important and agents not wanting to give out sort of hard copy brochures during the COVID pandemic. Um, something a little bit more in depth with regards to what they're emailing over to their buyers. Um, and that's when the key facts for buyers was born. Um, but the microsites is kind of taking it to another level. So, um, Andy and Luke have seen an example of this and it's basically it gives each property you take on the market almost like its own mini website, um, which is highly interactive. Um, you can have your live chat function on there and you basically send the link to anyone and everyone um, for this property's mini website. Um, so do you want me to share my screen and give you a sneak peek? We're much better what you're sharing now, Amy. This is this is a world exclusive because we are even better than the Kerfuffle podcast, as you well know. Who? Okay. Oh, hang on. Now it's not opening up properly. This is great, isn't it? Gotta love live streaming. I <laughs> know uh, it worked earlier. Let's have a look. Hang on. There we go. Can you the silence, Stephen, whilst they're sorting that out? There we go. We've got it. With so um, for all the agents that are with us already, you'll know our reports all get branded up and put into your own logos and colours. But this is just basically a mock-up to give you an idea this morning 
on what the sort of mini website, the microsite will look like. Um, so, so it's for the property, this is the key facts for buyers. Um, and it's basically a, a gonna be a very sort of interactive website. So down here on the left, you'll be able to click to, through to these pages. As I mentioned, you'll have your, you can have your live chat functionality on here. Um, and anybody that's used to seeing the SPRIFT reports will know, obviously we always start with the, the title plan. Um, you can personalize all this as well. So you can pop in a, an introduction if you actually wanna personalize the microsite as well. Um, and then we have our, obviously key facts, the overview, um, telling the buyers everything they, they really should need to, well, need to know about the property before physically viewing it um, and certainly before making an offer on the property. Um, so that's everything from the flood risk zone, the plot size, the square footage, the council tax, broadband, mobile coverage, incredibly important at the moment, of course. Um, bit of local area facts as well. Um, your video tour, of course, essential now. We can actually embed that into the microsite for you. Um, photos, which obviously when you click on them will enlarge. Floor plan, EPC. Um, all the planning history for the property and obviously the local area as well. Lots of planning bits. Um, sold in your street as well, so you'll be able to put that in as well if you want to. Obviously that does go in our, our market appraisal report, but you'll be able to put that in the, the key facts too. Schools information, incredibly important. There's still a huge amount of people that obviously move based on school catchment areas. Um, and then of course transport links, giving the buyers all the insight they need to the local transport links and then just our data quality page. So it's basically just a really nice, um, almost like I said, website for that property that you can send over the link to the buyer or anybody that inquires about the property, um, giving the buyer all the information they actually need to know, but also pretty impressive um, from my part um, as a sort of a estate agent at heart. Um, I'm all about instruction winning and for me to be able to show that in evaluation to a potential seller and say, right, this is what we're building for your your property this is the, the micro site um that we'll be sending out you can put it on social media of course get it out there um it's pretty cool pretty different exciting so yeah we'll see how that goes down <laughs> so, so taking that one taking that one stage further amy how awesome would it be to be able to demonstrate that to clients that are on the market with other agents that are possibly not receiving um such fantastic tech as an instruction winner as well yeah, I think so prospecting and touting, I think you've got to now be quite inventive with how you prospect. Um, I think gone are the days where you can just send out your little standard letters. Um, letters are great still and they still are a brilliant brand name awareness, but they've got to be something a bit different or you've got to be offering something a little bit different, something new. Obviously we work with some fantastic forward thinking agents um, like Luke <laughs> and who are looking for new ideas and, and ways of working. Um, to impress their clients so yeah absolutely i mean there's lots of different things you can do on sprift and um, to impress you know any kind of potential seller whether they be a, a tout or prospect um yeah lots and lots of different ideas that you can use but they're saved for luke, my sessions luke i can't believe i introduced you to sprift and you've got this kind of novelty thing so we've got lots of great agents on board like luke I'm yeah. sure there should have been an and Andy there well, somewhere. Yeah, I think you know. I think the and Andy will certainly come. I hear you've just won your first instruction, Andy. So um... I have. Yes, very exciting. And they love the report. They love the report. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see, I think Morning, Joe Ryan. Um, reports, Andy. I think it's a good tool, um, and I think I talked about it with Jamie. Is that 
any potential vendors that you bring into the market, if they're buying on, it's a service that you can offer to them as well for producing a key facts about the property that they want to buy. Um, Because if you can demonstrate how useful that is for buyers looking at their own home, they're they're sure as hell going to want one like that on the property that they're considering um, for it. Um, And then equally, can can you not bring that in? Well, when you do find that right one, I'll help you with the onward negotiation. It's part of the overall service that I provide to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the buyer representation type service is something again quite unique and i think um it's fascinating i watch obviously all the trashy american real estate shows million dollar listing of course and i just love the fact that they've got like the whole buy it thing down and i i still don't understand why in the uk we don't charge fees to to represent buyers it's just for me it's it's a whole nother subject which i get but um i think at the moment what's great about Sprift is that yeah you can offer this kind of representation service and offer your clients something a little bit different and unique and I actually love the fact that if a property is on with your competitor and you can take out that key facts report for your competitor's property it just makes you completely stand out as an agent and actually just looks like you're going the extra mile and I think being helpful um, which is what people are looking for at the moment. Absolutely. There's bound to be lots of questions from people, Amy, that either watch this live now or uh, watch it on catch up. So um, I'm going to stitch you up now. Amy's email address is coming in the comments. Um, Feel free to hit her up. It's dot com, isn't it? It is. If we have a look at some of the contents of, of that report. Um, and I'm sure Stephen was probably going to uh, talk about this. So um, one of the key things from PDA <coughs> Masters um, um, was broadband speeds is a, is high up on the agenda of people's wants and desires when they're when they're looking to buy, and, and also for tenants as well. Um, let's not forget it's not just about buyers; it's about it's just about home moving. So, and one of the key things there was broadband speeds and what broadband speeds. And I've seen a sample of one on one of our properties where it gave the standard, the enhanced, and then the, because there was Virgin and it said that they could get Virgin as well, but also that mobile reception because with the, we had then of 5G, um, people, are, people are maybe not having fixed broadband anymore. They, they want just decent, decent mobile receptions. Um, but how good would it be when you're out on a viewing, someone says, oh, well, what's happening with the extension next door? Is there ever, or is the owner ever applied for planning? Then you've got a good point of the truth there to to refer back to, and and then it, that helps build trust and knowledge. And again, we know that's one of the reasons why people choose you over someone else, and that's when fee doesn't become so much so much of an issue. So I think I think there's great great scope for that whole uh, whole report to help tick a lot of those boxes from that that home uh, that research from the home movers from the uh, property academy. Don't forget, you've only got five days. I'm still wading through it. I mean, Luke, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you, your tech, and and you're as geeky about estate agency as I am, and I think we're both proud of it. So much insight in that pack, isn't there? Yeah. 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 I think it's about page five or six so far. (laughs) Yeah. I just keep scribbling pages and pages and pages of notes. So, um, And don't forget, those that did attend EA Masters, you've got the digital online, uh, which I think is available, Luke, until the 29th next Thursday, isn't it? Was it 20? They extended it to 21 days, I think, was it, after after the event? Yeah, 21 days. So I think... um, yeah, definitely. definitely. If anyone's not watched um, 
I'd imagine my favourite one from it was the Roger Martin fag one, which are just on the yeah. economy. And if anyone's not watched that yet, they need to be jumping on that to, to be sharing that with their teams as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just seeing Tom's comment, actually. Um, hi, Tom. Um, I completely agree with you. Their minds, their, their brains would explode or heads would explode if you started talking about charging the buyer. I just think it's a, it's a whole other subject. But um, I just find it very frustrating that other countries seem to to get away with charging buyers a fee and um and, and we just don't seem to have sort of integrated that concept into the into the uk property market yet but hopefully one well, there, i think there are agents now that are representing buyers on their onward um, negotiation so just yeah. be interesting to ask people watching this this morning are any of you doing that you know how many of you do negotiate on the sellers onward purchase and if so, are you charging a fee for saving the money as well? So quick yes in the comments, that'd be great, or no. Um, is that an additional way of getting more income into your business if things are going to get tougher? So I mean, that's definitely something we should have Perry Power on for. I know Perry has, uh, yeah. has looked at that model, hasn't he? So. Yeah, absolutely. And I used to do, you know, as an agent, I used to get a lot of, um, the area I worked in was quite a expensive, sort of covered quite a few villages, including sort of Sonning on Thames. Um, that area and we had a lot of buying agents like approach us um you know they're big wealthy clients um so they are out there um you know the, the the more expensive end admittedly um the higher end of the market but you know buying agents do exist okay so that's great so not for vendors but in the process of acting for investment buyers as a sourcing service so great so start thinking about what additional other income streams that you can have and what you can bring in that's going to help you okay brilliant love that tom thank you so i've got a question for the four of you pricing there's, there's only three of us but um no, i can ask myself a question as well <laughs> well that's because we've got there's three of us and there's one viewer okay <laughs> okay so i'm going to ask that one viewer and it's lovely to welcome joe ryan the lovely joe ryan to, yes. watch, to, us, to watch today so thank you the wise one as well so thanks for joining us as well very kind of you andy davis who looks like a totally transformed person amazing so in fact i think we should get andy on to discuss how he's managed to do it because that's incredible the um his mindset to from where he was to where he is is absolutely incredible what he's done here we go i'm going to stitch so, him up andy davis you're about to receive a whatsapp message very inspiring he's definitely in his uh, pajamas joe you don't need to blush you're a lovely lovely lady and you're incredibly <laughs> kind as well so thank you um pricing properties okay so this week i've seen properties offers in excess of i've seen overpriced properties i've seen um properties where they may be being sold for 499950 i've seen prices at 500 um and there seems to be i don't know whether there's confusion different schools of thought about pricing put you all on the spot how should you price a property to sell how do you get the right, how do you get the right price offers in excess of okay why so look i don't think it's any secret the, the, i think the difficulty with offers in excess of is um there are weak agents out there that will go offers in excess of what is the market value for the home, which is completely counterproductive. 
if you've got a property that's worth 250,000, offers in excess of 230, drive competition, get your hottest buyers through there, have some form of structured launch. I know Luke does his opens, but you know, socially distanced, 15 minutes apart. Yes, sterilized, you know, wipe down door handles and that like between visitors, do everything that you, you need to do to be COVID secure. But there is absolutely no sense on sticking a house on the market at 250 that's worth 250. Because how are you going to open it up to the widest pool of buyers? Okay, but I think my property's worth 280, Andy. What do you mean okay, it's worth 280? I want my property put on at 280, not at 250. Well, then you just have to justify it. You know, you, you, you're spending time educating the seller, aren't you? If there's nothing in the area that's comparable to a sale at 280, what makes you think you're going to get 280? Okay, but I also want you to do it for half or 1%. Yeah, go down the road, mate. I'll give you, I'll give you, I won't name them on here, but I'll give you their number. They'll do it for. Okay, but joking aside, these are all the questions agents are getting today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what can we do to help them answer and overcome these objections that they're getting? Okay. So, something after watching Blueprint um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> so, this is where Josh does a live uh, listing presentation in front of the audience. So, uh, and I've seen them time and time before uh, with him. So he talks about the different ways of pricing. So he talks about there's the agent pricing, there's the vendor pricing, then there's the buyer pricing, and they're all completely different ways of pricing a property. So he talks about the vendor pricing. So normally the vendor pricing is, well, they've got an idea what they need to get in order to buy on, and that's sometimes not in in parallel with what the actual market's gonna, going to be because it's they need, that's what they need to get. Um, but also sometimes it will be, well, we paid 200 for it. We've spent 50 on it. The market's also gone up 25%. So we want the 25% and our 50 back. Um, that, that's, that's another way. Um, then it's how buyers priced it. So how do buy, how, I mean, typically, how would a buyer price a property at the minute, Andy, in, in the market, would you say? They're going to look at what, you know, they're going to compare it to others that they've seen, aren't they? Um, and, and they're going to look at what's out there. I think the danger is that buyers buyers and sellers compare their pricing with what's available on the open market. And, of course, we are privy to the data um, of what properties are actually selling for. But quick question for you all. Do you use pounds per square foot? Do you use price per square foot? I used to with apartments, especially in central Reading. Luke? Yeah. Um, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, do we use it all the time? No. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I think it's. I think it's a good way. It's a good way of doing it. Um, uh, where does everyone understand the pound per square foot? Some, if you've got someone that's really analytical, perhaps so. Um, but also, we we do know that maybe the the person that's going to pay the most money isn't necessarily the analytical buyer. It's the emotional buyer, isn't it? so maybe the buyer so this is where it comes down to how agents price property and that's where uh again our valuers are doing a lot of work with Stephen at the minute and um and it's really paying um paying dividends so that that buyer that is emotional so if you imagine you've got a buyer that missed out on two or three properties because they're always being pipped to the post with with uh, with their offers how more inclined are they likely to be wanting that property at the at the price that you want them to pay rather than coming in at lower price and having to build up so again josh, josh kind of talks about this so when you're talking to your vendors you, 
perhaps you can bring in and he refers to it as your buyer hit list so these are the people that have been second viewing that have had um, refused offers they've missed out on offers so they're the ones that are ready to transact straight away so why don't you bring those people through straight away um, and they're the ones that are more inclined to actually pay the pay the premium price as well um, buyers. yeah absolutely so I think there's there's different ways and I think our job is to explain the ways of actually putting a price tag on a property and we don't necessarily we don't necessarily determine what that what that price is our job is here to actually get as many buyers in front of that property to then get the competition to drive it to the right price so our job is actually a marketing company not a valuation company in in, in my opinion yes we can put a, an approximate on it uh, an approximate guide but our job is to become uh, again this is top, top, this comes back to tom panos it, it's become that the the apple in terms of marketing yeah i completely right. agree what luke said like for me it was there wasn't one size that fits all and i don't think there ever will be um you know for me it was about understanding the client's financial motivations time scale motivations their situation where they were moving to what they were doing um, you know, if it was an empty house that needed a complete renovation, then something like a, a price guide always worked best. But, you know, if it's a, you know, they're financially struggling, they need to sell quickly, you know, you have to analyse everything. You have to, I think, like Lou said, you have to discuss the copy and have that conversation with them. And I always used to try and get people to open up um, and talk about the pricing strategy rather than just quote a fee and a, a price and say, bang, there it is. I think you've got to, as an agent now, like you said, actually, talk to them about the whole marketing of it and, and, and their their whole motivation behind the move to work out their needs before you discuss the best pricing strategy for them um, and offer your advice. That's my take. Yeah, 100%. So just come back and I think brilliant advice that you've given, so thank you all. Um, why do agents build market properties at 9.50 or 9.95 at the end? Who knows? <laughs> okay, so if there's anybody that's watching this that does that, can somebody explain the benefit of rounding it up, please? Even I know that. I think probably the most commonly, um, uh, yeah, that's. I, I would like to think that anybody watching this podcast that doesn't know about the triple zero price branding um, is probably not watching this podcast. Um, <laughs> Okay, so triple zero is quite simply, it's because the portal bans, isn't it? So um, in our area, there's a big uh, a jump. I think it goes up in 10,000 pound increments up to 300,000 and then it's 325, um, 350, 375 and so on. And it absolutely beggars belief the amount of houses I see come on the market at 330. And I'm like, why the actual fuck would you put that on at 330? Why is it not offers in excess of 325? Um, because you're doubling up on the price bands on, on Rightmove. But Again, going with, with, with offers in excess of, the, I was in Stoke Newington last week and they went 125K over asking price by finding the emotional buyer um, and pitching the emotional buyer against um, their black book buyers um, that, that had previously missed out on, on, on a couple of properties with, with property launch the, the previous week. So it, it does work and it's it's all... It's the launch strategy, isn't it? I mean, I don't know whether we can ask the audience. In fact, we will ask the audience. How many people go out on a Monday, take photos on a Tuesday and stick the house on the internet on Tuesday night? 
Why wait that long? Just, well, honestly, I, I saw an agent, and again, I won't mention them. I saw an agent stick a house on the market just around the corner from me, and they were out there on Monday with a flaming iPhone taking photos, and that house has gone on the market the very same day. How is there any structure? How, how, how does that benefit the vendor? How is there any structure at all to what that agent's doing? There is absolutely no way that they have contacted their black book of buyers. And if, if they have, their black book is very thin and mine is probably bigger with 2000 numbers in my phone. It just makes no sense. There's no, there's no structure or strategy to, to try to achieve the best possible price. Andy Davies in his PJs, welcome. Hello. Hi. What do you guys do at James Neve? That's not Andy Davies. <laughs> that's an imposter. No. <laughs> Mate, that's not what he used to look like. I remember back in Birmingham about 12 months ago, you used to have three times the number of chins. <laughs> oh, Andy. Indeed. Indeed, I did. What was the question? Pricing strategy? Yeah, pricing and launch strategy. What, what 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 do you do? What do you use? How do you think you best serve your clients? We're very strategic and process driven with our launch. So we've we've got agents in our town that will go into the houses and their marketing plan is look, we're going to take camera uh, photos now. We'll get you in right move this afternoon. No floor plans, whatever. We're just going to get on with it and add everything in later. Uh, I think that's terrible agency um for me so we are very much the opposite we're going to get you pro photographed we're going to get four plans we're going to do everything properly 360 tours we're going to have a little bit of lag time before we launch andy i disagree with something that you've said before slightly we tend to launch at the start of the week so we tend to launch on a monday tuesday with a view to getting maximum eyeballs before the first saturday of viewings tend, tend to find if we launch on a friday afternoon you don't get any visibility people are off already doing other stuff um and then in, in that time in between we are while we're scheduling the photos and all that kind of stuff we're going out to our database so we do early bird invitations we invite our applicants to come and view houses first we get those viewings in in the door early um and that gives you really really great leverage if someone really likes the property you've got all the leverage in the negotiation you know they can't offer low because it's not even hit the online market yet um if it absolutely bombs and you get no interest off your early bird invitations and your database work then that's great great feedback for the owner that we've just gone out to 300 applicants no one's even shown any interest in your house you know that's a really warning sign that your price is a bit too high or, or whatever you know it's, it's it's really really good feedback um, and then you've got time to presumably correct that before you launch yeah 100 percent. look you only get one launch online once you've done it you know you've done it it's, you, you can never delete it so um yeah if you get that feedback absolutely from your agencies um doing their launch kind of just on social media first and there's an agent around here that's doing it so well at the moment um they do like their social media launch first and they sort of i mean they're everywhere they're all over social and it's it's brilliant and then they exactly the same way you said andy they play on that so if, they, if someone wants to offer before it hits right move you know they've, they've got to pay that premium price yeah so some comments coming in then chris what christopher Watkin, undisputed content king of the ring um eserve said that 20 percent of properties outside london have been downvalued and 30 percent inside london what are your thoughts on that andy will make the most of you um so we're just outside london and touch wood we haven't seen much down valuations um what we are seeing in increasing numbers now is renegotiations after building surveys 
Um, so it feels like buyers are a hell of a lot more cautious um, and wary of any potential issues. So we're we're finding a lot more uh, renegs after surveys. But Touchwood haven't had to um, haven't had any, but I can think of down valuations on mortgage surveys. I do I do think that we as an agent we price well, if that makes sense. Like we we don't going back to pricing strategy, we're not ones to start, you know, ten percent above market value and negotiate downwards because I, I don't think that's productive and will ever get you the best results. So our advice tends to be traditional asking price, but price it well and aim to get as you know, as close or if not on or, or above if you can, and that comes down to leverage and speed and not so touch wood, that's worked well for us on our on our valuations. We we don't seem to be getting too many down valuations. Does okay. um do, do you use the offers in excess of strategy? Is it something that, that, that clients in your area warm to or it's not something that I push as our side of initial strategy. We're we're always open. So if if I genuinely feel it's the best route to take the property, I, I will recommend it. Um we tend to use it more as a kind of plan B if 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 the launch hasn't worked or we're not getting enough response off, off our original asking price. Um, there's various reasons for that. I mean, one of our main competitors in the town, really good agency. They're, they're you know, they're, they're in this sort of circle as well. Um, they tend to push the offers in excess of strategy as their kind of launch strategy. Um, so, you know, I think there's credit to it, but, but I've, I've always found, I think traditional bargain price at the right level for me is the, the most productive way to, to get the clients the best result within the right time scale. Absolutely. So we've just got another comment. I think I should probably make clear here. Um, and, and just a correction, when I said uh, launch Monday or Tuesday, it was literally that the agent had been there same day. So, so my, my point is that they're going out there and instead of delaying it until the following Monday, um, they are literally photos, iPhone photos, floor plan, description and launch the very same day. Whereas in my view, I would have delayed that by a week and launched the following Monday or following Tuesday, beginning of the week. But Tom uh, Tom McGee, friend of the show, totally agree about launch on Monday. It allows you to structure the week. We launch on portals on a Monday, initial block viewing on a Friday afternoon or Saturday, viewing feedback and offer negotiation on a Monday with a second block, which we're willing to cancel for the right offer the following Wednesday. So again, um, great structure. Tom, question for you. Do you launch to socials pre-portal? comment in the uh, section below okay Andy so you've been inspirational how you've gone from three chins to one chin I quote <laughs> Andy Overman okay um, you, what, what changed for you and how have you kept that motivation and that c consistency because you've been absolutely incredible to tell oh, people where you were and where you've got to uh so about a year ago just over a year ago now i was weighing 20 i can't remember what it was about 20.8 stone so just over 20 stone on my way to 21 stone uh size 42 trousers triple xl tops um so yeah i would got pretty big I've, I've always been quite a big guy like I, I like my food and you know the weight goes on fairly easily um i've got four young kids um what happened Seven so my, dogs eating hamsters yeah something like that it's a pretty mad madhouse um so my wife becky for my birthday um got me some uh pt lessons so some personal training sessions and i think when your wife does that as a surprise that's a pretty good <laughs> you know, things have got to change so <laughs> that was a good starting point um and then i think mindset wise my dad uh, passed away from cancer um and he was 72 i'm i was 35 at that stage so you know your mindset kind of kicks in that actually 
that's half your life away. I've got four young kids, like something needs to change. Um, so that was the best kind of driving force for me was to get out, try and do something about it, get fit, sort my eating out. And, and actually it becomes really addictive. Like as much as you talk about foods addictive, getting fit and losing weight gets really addictive. Like you get in the habit of it and it feels good. It makes you feel better, makes you feel fresher at work. Um, and then, you know, I mixed in with other people within the estate agency world who've also been doing it. I mean, Stephen, like you, like your walking and your steps have been inspirational. Andy, I know you've been doing it recently and, and looking a hell of a lot better for it as well. Um, Luke, I know you're, you're a keen runner as well. So, you know, that kind of stuff really drives you forward. I think the more you can talk and the more you can keep each other accountable, you know, the easier it becomes. So, yeah, I think my kids and my family are definitely my main driving force now. And the fact that like, I can go out shopping again and buy clothes, I'm down to like a size large and size 34 trousers and like, I can get into nice clothes again and feel a bit better about yourself. It just makes makes things a bit more uh, more enjoyable. So, well, I think that. the hardest yeah, thing yeah, I've yeah. found, Andy, is getting up in the mornings since the darker mornings. That's, <laughs> that, that has been hell. Um, but when I was staying in London last week, I set my alarm and I've got this thing. If I set my alarm for five o'clock and I can actually get out of bed by that first 10 minutes to me is critical. So if yeah. I can set the alarm and get out of bed within 10 minutes by quarter past five, I'm in that lift and I'm running up to um, the Emirates stadium and I'm doing my laps around the Emirates stadium and back again. But if I, if I hit the snooze just, just, just once and I'm in that bed for another 10 minutes, I don't get up again yeah. Not until I'm you know, 7am. It's it's just good habits, and like in fairness, I'm I'm during lockdown. I was literally running like every day because I had the time to to do it, and now it's a bit tough tougher because I've got young kids. It's it's that ability you have to get out without disturbing them, and then Becky, yeah. my wife, um, walks the dogs in the morning as well. So we've got to balance that. So you know, it it, it is tricky, but yeah, look, you just got to get out and do it. And and I, you know, if anyone does want any help with that kind of stuff or just getting the mindset, like I don't know really know the science behind it. My logic is you eat less, you move more. And that'll probably help you lose weight. So, um, you know, if anyone, if anyone does want to talk about that, I'm always happy to help and lend an ear. You know, it's uh, it's it's been a, a good journey. And now my challenge is I've got to keep it off because coming on here talking about this kind of stuff, if I uh, if I start ballooning again, it'll be a bit embarrassing, won't it? So, <laughs> mate, we'll all hold you accountable. Don't you worry. You've done so yeah. much for us. We will do the same. Good morning to Rade. A um, couple of questions that's come in. Um, this is a really interesting one. Any advice on dealing with surveyors? Would you advise providing comps to the surveyor before the survey to head down the valuation off at the pass? Absolutely, Chris. Um, no. So one yeah. of the processes that we have in place at LL is so never the sale is um, agreed and the survey's booked. We ask for the surveyor's name, email address and mobile number, and they are immediately furnished with recent sold and exchange comps, those on market and under offer, and those that are on the market and haven't sold. And I think that is 100% best practice. Who, who else is doing that, Luke? Uh, it's not something we provide in terms of a report, but when we have that discussion with the surveyor, normally when they come to pick the keys up, um, then we will have that discussion around what's what's been sold, what's going through at the minute. So if two doors up or properties on the same street on the neighboring street and what they are because it, it helps make their job easier as well so when you when you've prepared for your appraisal you've done your work you've done your research you've got all the comparables there so you know it amazes me actually the number of agents who don't put the comparables in their notes for their colleagues so anybody who's going out on a viewing 
you know they should be taking that in fact amy you talk about your you know your buyer fact file you know that should be going out automatically to buyers um and educating them before they go on a viewing actually are you aware that this one sold for that this one sold for that that one sold for that so you know if they want to negotiate and put in a low offer you already justify to them to say well hold on a second this sold for this this sold for that that's all for that so but definitely be prepared for all the surveyors 100 percent. so so stephen and luke um stephen first in key facts for buyers um we use the Sprift key facts for buyers they go to our property launches they're printed they've got the on market under offer and sold subject to contract and the recently sold and completed um within Sprift, you've got the ability to then hone that into one year two years three years three years plus you can edit the type and style of property so you can really tailor in the report and you can pick and choose what goes in the report so that it, it's favorable to the to the property that that you're visiting and one of those key facts for buyers gets emailed out to all uh, viewers for a property launch and then a hard copy taken on the appointment but Luke, just on your point, I used to do it that way with the surveys and, and when joining LL, spoke to them, you know, it's been a huge culture shock. I think Norfolk's about to have a wake up call in terms of estate agency because the systems and processes are just absolutely mind blowing. But the, the reason for doing it ahead of is, have you, you, know, you know, when the surveyor comes in through the door and they've got a preconceived idea of what they're going to see, pretty much like we as valuers go out. And, you know, sometimes you get that curveball, don't you? You, you know, if, if you sit and look at your diary first thing in the morning, I'm going out to 123 Ocasio Avenue, that's going to be a 1930s three-bed semi. You've got that preconceived idea. Um, and, and obviously, if you've asked great questions, you've got more information. With surveyors, particularly now, covering more and more in terms of geographical location and in some respects being more and more clueless as to what the idiosyncrasies within those areas are, we've found that by booking the survey with the administrator and demanding the email address and sending the comps ahead. Very often, if a, if a surveyor is uncertain or need more clarification, they'll respond to that email well ahead of the visit, well ahead of when they're coming to see that property. So you're opening up a dialogue and building a relationship, not only with your buyers and sellers as being a trusted advisor, but also the surveyors too. Um, and we found it works really well. So may, maybe a suggestion for a slight tweaking system, you know, when, you, when, when your survey's booked, You've got seven days, uh, so you've got seven days from offer acceptance to having survey books. And when that survey's booked, start asking for your surveyor's email address and mobile number. And, and you know, we'd like to get a report out to you um, and make your job easier. There's no surveyor that's running ragged, covering 50 square geographical miles at the moment that wouldn't appreciate that comparable report, 100%. We've yeah. um, also, we've dealt with, I mean, we've started speaking to a few surveyors. Um, and actually, we've got agents that are giving out the key facts to, for buyers. Um, to the surveyor, um, which is also yeah. quite an interesting concept. So they're just, I think, you know, the whole transparency thing now is just really kicking in um, and that all parties involved, you know, should know everything about the property up front, whether it be, you know, the, the buyer, the seller, the, the surveyor, the conveyancer, the agent. Um, it's really interesting. And actually, it's interesting you said um, about having the comparables in the report. <clears throat> when I first started at Sprift, it, was mind-blowing to me that a lot of agents we had quite a lot of feedback in that they just didn't want to actually be that upfront with buyers and actually provide upfront information to buyers um and i was quite taken aback on on some of the, the the initial demos i did and i was just kind of sat there like why wouldn't you want 
the potential buyer to know that it's in a flood risk zone or what you paid for the property because it's all public information anyway. So, you know, worst case scenario, it's just going to fall out of bed in, you know, six weeks time after you've done the deal because you haven't been honest and, and upfront about certain bits of information. But I, yeah, it's quite interesting. And I think um, providing a full comparables report to surveyors before, you know, their survey, it's just like, why on earth not? Like, I, I don't, you know, it's all there, isn't it? All the information is there to, to stop these down valuations, like Chris has said, like, you know, 30% in London, which is a massive number. That's, you know, almost a third of, third of deals in London are getting that valued. So surely agents want to do something up front to try and stop that and help that. 100%. And I think sometimes, you know, a surveyor can be guided. Yes, obviously, they're going to go by the metrics. They're going to go by the evidence that's in front of them. If you've had that dialogue with them and, and, and you know, you've exchanged two or three emails, you've, you've provided your comps, but most importantly, you've also provided the key information like this property was launched at property launch. We had 16 parties through. We had five competing offers and the offers were this. Then you're being completely transparent with that surveyor. So a surveyor that's thinking, bloody hell, that's that, you know. I think that price is a bit rich. You know, if, if you've had five people offer and they've all been at a similar level and, and you've gone with the best buy, it's, it's going to struggle to downvalue it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like you want a, a surveyor's report. You need like this where you put that little sort of brief description of, okay, this is how the property was launched. This is how many viewings we had. This is how many offers yeah. we got. This is what the offers were. Um, yeah, I, I think fantastic idea. And why on earth wouldn't you to just, you know, you minutes to put together to potentially stop a full through? Sprift's next development plan <laughs> after microsites is, um, is an email the surveyor. Matt, if you're listening, in my, my boss is our CEO is currently on holiday. So if you're listening, lying on your sun lounger, Matt, um, that's the next plan. <laughs> and, um, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. I've, I've really got to shoot, but thank you for having me on. Sorry to interrupt you. You're welcome. You're looking so well, mate. Take care. Thanks. Right, so a couple of things then just to finish off. Um, surveyors, can you say if a particular surveyor that you know comes into your office who downvalues it every single time, can you just refuse them? Okay, so I know at Green Co. we had this one surveyor. You knew as soon as he was coming in, that was it, it was downvalued. So we, gained, we literally just said, no, we don't want him in. Get somebody else in. Now, is that something you can do now, today, if you don't feel comfortable with that surveyor, or because it's taking so long to get surveys booked in and you guys are on the ground, you'd be able to tell me, um, would that not work? Um, do you know, I've never had to be, uh, I've not recently had that experience. We had one about five years ago um and it and, and it just it felt personal anything that had my name or any anything to do with our company sale attached to it there was always a problem um and we did we did tell him politely to foxtrot oscar um and we never saw him again so that alleviated the problem but i don't know luke uh, yeah how long is it taking for survey books in your area at the moment um again i think it varies from, from lender to lender it's not uh, it's not been a massive, massive problem um, in terms of uh, it, it's more the due diligence afterwards. So where it's where it's with the vendor, 
So just dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's with making sure the pay slips are in. That, that's been the delay more for us. Or when there's been a query on leasehold, we've got one at the minute where it's where you've got the ground rent and it's one of these ones where the ground rent can become an astronomical figure in the near future. Um, and it's with the nationwide at the minute. And I think they're on about their third or fourth week at the minute trying to decide whether or not they're prepared to lend on it or not. Um, it's all been valued at the right figure, but they just obviously don't want to be left with potential lemon if they ended up repossessing it. So um, the surveys, are we experiencing lots of down valuations? No, um, but like what Andy said, when they're getting home buyers or building surveys, a little bit of price renegotiation sometimes when they've identified work, but has it been down valued? No. Um, most people are quite willing to share it amongst the chain so that not one person is out of pocket. Um, kind of, so they're kind of sharing the responsibility and sharing the cost with it. Does it happen all the time? Probably about 10, 15% of the time at the minute. So not it's not a huge, huge problem. Are we getting many down valuations? No. Um, I think it's important to understand maybe where surveyors are getting some of their values from. Um, and if you do know a surveyor, maybe ask, spend the time in asking them to maybe demonstrate the right move surveyors tool that there is, because um, I think that would be quite interesting for agents to understand sometimes then when surveyors know when a property may have been downvalued in the past. So that would be, if, if you are friendly with a surveyor, maybe just take them out for a coffee and, and just ask them to explain how the right move surveyor tool works. And I think that would help open everyone's eyes in terms of maybe how survey, how we seem to think surveyors talk amongst each other when they mm -hmm. It's definitely an eye-opener, isn't it, that, that mm -hmm. element of right move. Um, and, and I would imagine that probably less than 10% of agents know about it. Interesting Correct. comment from here from Chris Watkin. Uh, nice to see that the uh, bash around the head from Jerry Lyons hasn't uh, affected his ability to be able to help agents. In a previous life, I was a surveyor. And trust me, the better the relationship you can build with the surveyor, surveyor will bend and mould to try and get the valuation at the price that's been asked. Maybe estate agents should start building better and greater relationships with the surveyors that come into contact with them. 100% agree, Chris. And that's why you know we, we, we send out those comps and start trying to have that dialogue literally the moment that uh, the appraisal is booked. Luke, I think you've got a fan that's just joined. Lisa Novak, all the way Hello. over in Australia. Thank you yeah. for joining us. The, no the Novaks are with us. Perhaps if we could get Lisa on for a very quick couple of minutes. <laughs> look, look, look what, if you've got Lisa's what, right, what, text, what, text Lisa that? the link. Um, Luke, I want to ask you a question. What's yeah. the name of the charity that Knightsbridge is looking after, please? Uh, so we, we do two, well, we do a couple, but Rainbows and Loros usually. Okay, and what do they both do? Uh, so Loros is for terminally ill um, patients, normally uh, patients with cancer um do do a great great job and and you know and and strange enough i actually had an email from the lady that we deal with there uh magda and um she wasn't fishing for what we can do to help them she was actually actually emailed to say i know things have been tough it'd be great to catch up with you just want to make sure you're well and that was a charity reaching out to obviously people people that have maybe supported them throughout the year um so we do loss and then we do rainbows um, which is for children um, that are normally terminally ill um, as well. Um, and, that, and they're both Leicestershire and Rutland charities. 
Okay. Well, you have been incredibly kind and generous to so many people. So what I would like to do is I would like to donate a hundred pounds, fifty pounds each to both of the charities, um, to say thank you for everything you do. And for people that are watching it as well, if you could be kind enough to just donate something small to help those people for everything that Luke continually does and continually gives to the estate agency industry, it would be absolutely amazing. Luke, you're incredibly generous. Um, you're amazing what you do, and I'm incredibly thankful. So, um, Luke, can you put something up, or Andy, can you put something up so we can help um, support those two charities and give back to what Luke does for all of us? So thank you, Luke. Absolutely. Luke, how do you want to do it? Do you want to set up a GoFundMe or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really humbled, but it's there to help everyone. Um, but yeah, we can do a just giving, uh, just giving page. Yeah, I think it's been amazing. We'll it's watching on um, social media, all the food bank, all the agents doing all the food bank stuff as well. It's been phenomenal. Um, you know, it's just been so lovely just to see agents actually doing so many amazing things for their local communities. Um, I've got several just gone beyond um, with stuff and um, I think it's great and I think that there's so much out there that the general public don't see that agents do as well which is quite frustrating I remember breaking my back like we kayaked my team we we kayaked 27 miles down the Thames in one day it took us I think it was 13 hours and we raised thousands for Alexander Divine Children's Hospice um, when I was at Romans and it it just you know we did actually make the local paper which was amazing but I think you know it, the stuff that agents are doing at the minute to help their local communities. I know so many agents as well that during lockdown did, you know, were, were volunteers for various different charities and organisations. And I just think it's phenomenal. And yeah. Yeah. And, and again, actually, that's the point. You know, Wales have gone back into lockdown now. Um, they're going to be other places that are going to be um, going into lockdown again. You know, so what do we learn from last time? What can we do differently to help? But you're right, um, some of the community stuff, some of the help that agents are doing is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but Luke, you just, not only do you do all that, but you give so much to the estate agency community. So I, for one, want to give back to your charity. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, publicly tell all our one listeners and viewers that uh, get involved um you know luke gives so much free stuff so let's help luke and let's help his charity so thank you luke i know thank you 100 percent. what a lovely way to end today's show uh, we have just had one very quick question in and it surrounds lockdown i think you mentioned it stephen um tier three lockdown does that mean estate agents have to close I don't think it does, does it, Luke? Uh, tier three lockdown, no. Um, we're still, as far as I'm aware, we're still allowed to uh, continue trading. Obviously, you just need, as with any of the tiers, I've, you just need to be really responsible in how you're conducting your business um, in terms of making sure you've got the mask, you've got the relevant PPE, you're wiping down, um, you're looking after your own team as well as looking after the customers. And you're just explaining that to the customers. And I mean, we have a rule of two people uh, at a time to view. Um, mm -hmm. And we, we get a lot of people give us some grief for that because they want to bring round four or five extra people in total. 
and, and that's just not uh, responsible uh, at, at the minute. Um, and yet it may mean that you've got to have some horrible conversations. But it's not you they're taking it out on. It's the, it's the situation. And, but don't just don't give in and, and just be responsible. Make sure you're explaining it. Um, it's, it's not about you trying to be awkward. So um, I think we're now joined all the way from Australia now. <laughs> all the way from Australia for the last five minutes of the show. We're joined by real estate royalty, Lisa Novak. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Lisa, amazing to meet you. Complete hero. Guys, I have to say, I was literally there, like, I was literally lying on my couch in my, well, semi-pyjamas. It's nine o'clock on a Sunday night here, and I hear Luke go, let's bring Lisa, and I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you guys? We're all good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, good, good. Are you, are you in lockdown over there again, are you? Not where I am. No, no so... The government have introduced three tiers of, of, of lockdown now, um, yeah. and none of which are applicable, Lisa, to estate agents. So we were just discussing um, oh, medium good. high. Yeah, medium high and very high. We can still tra trade. I think the only thing that would prevent us from trading is um, this circuit breaker that is being discussed. I know Wales have just gone into full lockdown with a circuit breaker for 17 days um which is no travel outside the house no travel inside and outside of wales oh, wow. i think that that's that's the only thing that would affect us but then it yeah. will just give us an opportunity again you have to look at the positives it will just give us an opportunity again to reconnect with our community reach out to them make sure that they're okay and do it from you know in an entirely um you know genuine position of of care um yeah. and, and thoughtfulness as opposed to um you know we're, we're, we're hungry for the business but how is it over there for you guys it's been good. It's been really busy, actually. So um, we looked like we were maybe going to get a second round and have to go into lockdown as well. So we're based in New South Wales. Victoria, another state, has really uh, copped it quite hard. So they're still in full lockdown. But fortunately for us, we haven't been. Um, so it's really been business as usual. And it's been really busy, really busy, actually. So, uh, but, you know, we, we learned a lot, right, because of COVID, I think, um, you know, one of the main things that I think it was a bit like an innovation boot camp, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for those people that Absolutely. didn't, uh, that, that thought that they didn't need to innovate or learn about technology or social media, um, I think, uh, you know, everyone got a, a real rude shock. So um, it was definitely an innovation boot camp, that's for sure. So, Lisa, just to nicely end the show, and we're, we're going to, uh, I know Luke's going to connect with you and ask you to come back on for a full episode um, awesome. very soon, Yeah. Um, which I think would be eight o'clock your time, because we normally start nine o'clock in the morning our time. Yeah. Um, but just for our, just, just as a little gem, a little golden nugget to leave our listeners and, and uh, our viewers with today, what's your biggest learning through COVID and lockdown? Okay, so just off the top of my head, it would have to be that people will never forget the way you make them feel. So, you know, one of the biggest things, I mean, we, we as a business and as an agent, um, you know, we almost felt like we were ready for something like COVID with all due respect. But in terms of innovating and technology and video content and stuff like that, you know, we were right across it. So it wasn't like at the last minute we were madly scrambling to have to learn this stuff. However, with all of that said and done, there is so much information that comes out thick and fast during COVID. 
it's almost like an information overload. And I think as agents, it's up to us to make sure that we are giving people easy to digest information about what's going on in our industry, you know. And so even for you guys that are in full lockdown, um, I think the important thing here is more than, you know, worrying about commissions and, and, you know, all those sorts of things, give people information constantly and help them because they're never going to forget the way that you make them feel during this time. I think that's the big critical thing that people forget. That's brilliant. There you go. You heard it first from real estate royalty, Lisa Novak, all the way over in Australia. People will forget what you said. They will forget what you did, but they will never forget how they how you made them feel. There you go. That's great yep. advice. And we will definitely have you back on the show very soon, Lisa. Regards Sounds to you good. and yours. Thanks for Thank letting you. me game crash, guys. Thank you. You're very welcome. Really Take nice. care. See ya. Sleep well. Bye. <laughs> See you guys. Enjoy your day. Bye-bye. Wow, what a lovely end to the show. Real estate royalty, Lisa Novak. Luke, another one of your connections. See, you are you are the this agent whole, that just keeps giving. Planned from start to finish. We, oh, we, yeah, okay. We rehearsed at eight o'clock, didn't we? And that, that, this has all been planned. Well, now that you're now that you're all pally with Sprift, it wouldn't surprise me. You two probably had a little pre-run before I joined on, yeah? <laughs> this, is, this is the first time I've met Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so thanks ever so much, Amy, for joining us today. Um, anybody that wants to um, explore Sprift um, and the microsite idea in further details, then the email address is popping up on screen now. It's amy at sprift.com. Um, they can reach out to you and then you'll, um, you'll, you'll depending on the area in the UK, presumably um, pass them on to, uh, to one of your BDMs. Yeah, absolutely. A fantastic team um, that, that will be happy to answer any questions. So from all of us at the Estate Agents Podcast, thank you for joining us today, Amy. It's been great chat. Stephen, you continue to be an inspiration to all of us. Um, you are a fantastic friend and leader. And Luke, probably one of the most genuinely giving guys I've known. So uh, let's keep this uh, keep this going. Oh, look, Vicky's joined us right at the end. Vicky's awesome and so are you all. Thank you, Vicky. And I hope you're feeling a lot better, sweetie. And I will see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. Thanks, thanks a lot. Andy. Take Bye, care. Andy. Bye, Andy. Bye now. Bye. Bye.